Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, if you want to donate, if you donate $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and From John to Justin, and on social media. If you donate $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by you with your name at the start. It's also stated it's sponsored by you on social media. If you donate $20, you get everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And if you donate $50, you get everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. You can also donate at buymeacupofcoffee slash craigu, and all of these links will be in my show notes. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to Bairdo37. And if you like, you can find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash CanadianHistoryX. You can also find transcripts of every episode I've ever done on my website. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. After the highly popular Lord and Lady Dufferin left Canada to return to England, Canada would receive a new Governor-General in the form of John Campbell, the ninth Duke of Argyle and the Marquis of Lorne. Born on August 6, 1845 in London to George, the Marquis of Lorne, and Lady Elizabeth Sutherland, Levison Gower, Campbell was titled as the Earl of Campbell from his birth. Educated at Edinburgh Academy, St. Andrews, and Trinity College, as well as Cambridge and the National Art Training School, he would spend his adulthood traveling throughout North and Central America, writing travel literature and poetry. He would complain later in his life that his education did not prepare him for his career in writing. He would say, quote, The living Britain, her colonies and dependencies, the living action in European and other states, we were not taught to know. End quote. In 1866, Campbell would visit Canada for the first time when he took a tour of North America and the Caribbean. He would call Toronto too dull for words, but he would love Kingston, and while in Ottawa, he dined with Charles Monk, the first Governor General of Canada. After his tour of North America, he spent time in the University of Berlin to improve his German and traveled to Italy as well. In 1868, he would be elected as a Liberal Member of Parliament in the British House of Commons. Overall, he made little in the way of impressions there. The London world would say he was, quote, a non-entity in the House of Commons and a non-entity without, end quote. From 1866 until the 1880s, he would also serve as a Lieutenant Colonel Commandant of the 1st Argyle and Butte Artillery's Volunteers. In 1867, he would publish his book, A Trip to the Tropics and Home Through America. On March 21, 1871, Campbell married Princess Louise, the fourth daughter of Queen Victoria. This would be the first time that a legitimate daughter of the sovereign had married a subject of the crown since 1515. The couple had a great love for the arts together, but their marriage was described as kind of unhappy. They would have no children together, and they spent much of their time apart during their marriage. Princess Louise was described as outgoing and vivacious, while Campbell was quiet and more of an observer than a doer. On November 25, 1878, Campbell would take over as the fourth Governor-General of Canada. At 33, he became the youngest Governor-General of Canada and the first representative of Queen Victoria to have been born during her reign. Queen Victoria was at first not in favour of the appointment. 
the Montreal Star would report one person stating, quote, The Queen, when I first spoke of it, thought she would not like her daughter to be so far, but on considering that Canada is now only 10 days off and that she might return home every year, and after sleeping over it, she was quite in favor of the proposal, end quote. This generated a great deal of excitement within Canada since there would be a member of the royal family living at Rideau Hall for the first time in Canadian history. The Montreal Gazette would report, quote, There is no doubt that special interest has been felt in the arrival of His Excellency from the fact that he is accompanied by Her Royal Highness, the Princess Louise, and that for the first time in the history of the country, the vice-regal residence is to be graced by the presence, as its mistress, of a princess of the blood royal, end quote. Prime Minister John A. Macdonald, who had been returned to power in the October election, altered his schedule to ensure he would prepare for the arrival of Campbell and Princess Louise. He would also order a special carriage and guards to protect her. It would be written of the appointment, quote, The appointment was hailed with satisfaction in all parts of the Dominion, and the new Governor-General entered upon his term of office with the hearts of the people strongly proposed in his favour, end quote. The Toronto Mail would write of the appointment, quote, With fine natural gifts, with more than ordinary culture of educated men, with the experience of a politician, with moreover the mistakes and successes of many predecessors before him, Lord Lorne will enter on his vice-regal duties with the happiest attitude. End quote. While politicians and citizens were happy that the couple was coming, the press had a bit of a different take on it. Many journalists expressed irritation at the imposition being put on the country by royalty. As it would turn out, the couple were not rigid, but much more relaxed than their predecessors, even Lord and Lady Dufferin. They would host skating parties, toboggan parties, balls, dinners, and much more. Despite the excitement for a member of the royal family coming to Canada, the reception for Campbell was less than what was seen for Lord Dufferin's arrival. The Montreal Gazette would publish a letter to the editor that stated, quote, The little I see done in my native city towards the reception of the coming Governor-General fills me with sorrow. End quote. The first task for Campbell was the appointment of Canada's first High Commissioner to Britain. The British government was against this idea, as it gave the further independence to Canada, but Campbell would convince them of the idea. For Canada, having its own representative in London for treaty negotiations was important. Almost immediately, Campbell was faced with a political challenge. In 1879, Quebec Lieutenant Governor Luc Letalier dismissed a Premier who had still had the confidence of the legislature. Campbell would get advice from the British government and then accept the advice of Prime Minister Macdonald that Letalier be dismissed from office. The French-Canadian press criticized Campbell over this and called him a foe of freedom. In Canada, Campbell and Princess Louise would establish the Royal Society of Canada, the Royal Academy of Arts in March 1880, and the National Gallery of Canada. And while Campbell created the gallery, the government of Canada thought little of it, and from 1887 to 1911, and actually shared premises with a fisheries exhibition. Campbell would write to his father of the Royal Canadian Academy, stating, quote, The Academy has turned out a great success, there being many good pictures in the whole country joining in praise of the initiative of such an institution. End quote. When the National Gallery opened in Ottawa, Campbell visited on the first day and was said to quote, point out to his friends the many beauties of the works of art on exhibition. End quote. On February 14, 1880, Princess Louise was severely injured in a sleigh accident when it overturned throwing the coachman and footman out and dragging her in the sleigh for 370 meters. She was knocked unconscious when her head hit the iron bar on the roof, and the doctors who attended to her said that it was a wonder her skull had not fractured. 
In the accident, her earring was also caught in the sleigh, tearing her earlobe in two. Parliament would issue a proclamation regarding the incident, stating, quote, We, Her Majesty's faithful subjects, the Senate of Canada, in Parliament assembled, desire to approach you with our hearty congratulations on the escape of Her Royal Highness, the Princess Louise, and yourself from the serious danger occasioned by the untoward accident which happened to you on the 14th, end quote. The press would play down the incident on instruction from Camel's personal secretary, and very little was published of the incident in Canadian newspapers, and she would leave for England soon after the incident. Like Lord Dufferin, Campbell was very interested in Canada and Canadians. On August 8, 1881, he would begin a tour of the prairies leaving Manitoba with a large party from Rideau Hall, a Northwest Mounted Police escort, and several journalists. In all, there were 77 men and 96 horses. For Campbell, the trip was an eye-opener and he was stunned by the beauty of the Canadian West. While in Manitoba, he would lay the cornerstone of the Manitoba College, and while visiting Emerson, Manitoba, and local Mennonite settlements, a dinner party was held for him. As they continued west, the artillery fired a salute and the crowd gave three cheers for the Governor-General. It was hoped by the government and the media in the east that the trip out west would show Europeans that there was ample space to settle in the Canadian prairies. The Montreal Gazette would report, quote, the trip of the Governor-General will doubtless assist in dispelling a part, at least, of this ignorance and in teaching us what are the nature and what are the capabilities of the great country we possess on the other side of the Atlantic, end quote. Campbell would travel throughout the West and even meet with the Indigenous, something other Governors-General had not done. The Indigenous artifacts he collected would eventually wind up at the British Museum. At one point on the tour, he found a Smithsonian Museum team removing Indigenous artifacts. He would help the Royal Society sponsor its own expeditions to keep the artifacts within Canada. While traveling from Fort Capel to Prince Albert in mid-August, the party was dealing with a very hot summer and severe thunderstorms. They would also cross the South Saskatchewan River with only one wagon tipping in a process that took them five hours. The Montreal Gazette wrote, quote, The whole party was much struck with great fertility of the district. A council of Indians was held early on the 16th and lasted four hours. Several Cree chiefs addressed His Excellency, who assured them the government was always anxious to help those who showed an inclination to help themselves by working. End quote. Throughout the tour in September, the Governor General and his party continued to marvel at the beauty of the landscape. The Ottawa Daily Citizen reported, quote, They were astonished at the magnificent appearance of the crops, which are reported to have been excellent along the line of the route. Among other things, the Marquis and party expressed the highest admiration for the discipline and vigorous endurance of the mounted police. End quote. Upon the party's return to Winnipeg at the end of September, a public banquet was held for the citizens of the city. On September 30th, the Kemptville Advance reported, quote, The Governor-General's party is still progressing in the Northwest. Most favorable reports are brought as to the fertility of the soil and to the great value of the country for grain-producing and grazing purposes. End quote. The trip would last until October 1881, and through the expedition, Campbell would make speeches in various communities and his sketches were published by the newspapers. He would also speak with Sir John MacDonald about the concerns of the Métis and the Indigenous, and he would ask that the Northwest Mounted Police be strengthened. Thanks to this trip, he would find he enjoyed being in Canada more than Britain. Campbell returned to England to visit Princess Louise during the winter of 1881-82, but he found himself missing Canada and its, quote, bright light and the dry and beautiful snow with its sapphire-colored shadows, end quote. Campbell returned to Canada in September 1882 with Princess Louise, visiting British Columbia. 
He was in British Columbia when CPR manager William Van Horn announced the discovery of the Rogers Pass, where the CPR would be built through in short order. Upon their arrival in Victoria, they were escorted by 25 men on horses as a band led the way through the city. D.W. Higgins of the Victoria Daily Times would report years later, quote, They were a very charming couple and endeared themselves to the citizens of Victoria. Princess Louise was delighted with the city and its situation, and she remarked to many ladies that if Victoria was the capital of the Dominion, her husband and she would ask to be allowed to stay here forever, end quote. A special concert would also be held for the couple on September 24, 1882 in Victoria. The Brantford newspaper report, quote, The Governor-General and Her Royal Highness, the Princess Louise, have been most cordially welcomed in British Columbia, end quote. The tour would take them as far north as Port Simpson near Prince Rupert. Higgins would report in 1914, quote, The Governor-General visited all the settled parts of the province and was able to report to the federal government when he returned to Ottawa that many of its valleys were susceptible of settlement, grazing, and the raising of crops. End quote. On October 23, 1883, realizing that his life and marriage required him to resign as Governor General, Campbell did so. He had served five of the six years normally required, and it was not an easy decision. He would tell Prime Minister MacDonald, quote, I should still like to stay here all my days. End quote. The Montreal Gazette reported, quote, At 11 today, his Excellency, the Governor-General, and Her Royal Highness, the Princess Louise, took their final departure from Ottawa. Large crowds cheered them on the way to the station where they bade farewell to the members of the ministry and a large number of prominent citizens. End quote. For Princess Louise, her time in Canada had not always been happy, but she would always express a fondness for Canadians. Campbell returned to England where he published his book Memories of Canada and Scotland. Poet Frederick Dixon would write a poem about Campbell which relates, quote, No wasted years were these you spent. We know your rule made us glad. No words you ever spoke but had, some kindly aim, some wise intent, end quote. In 1892, Campbell would become the president of the London Committee for the Restoration of the Library of the University of Ontario, which had the mission to restore the library after it was destroyed by fire. That fire had consumed 30,000 books in the library. Campbell would become the governor and constable of Windsor Castle from 1892 to 1914, and sat as a member of parliament from 1895 to 1900, when his father died. During this time, he would write Canadian pictures drawn with pen and pencil and Yesterday and Today in Canada. After the death of Queen Victoria, he would write a biography of her which proved to be very popular. In 1906, he would go to Egypt but found he disliked it. His sister would write, quote, His heart is always in Canada, end quote. Princess Louise and Campbell would eventually start to drift apart over time, but they reconciled in 1911. And Campbell would pass away from pneumonia on May 2, 1914, with Princess Louise at his bedside. As for Princess Louise, she would pass away on December 3, 1939. Within Canada, several buildings are named for Campbell, as is Port Lorne, Nova Scotia, Lorne, Nova Scotia, and the rural municipality of Argyle in Manitoba. Princess Louise is heavily honoured in Canada as well. She would bestow her name on four Canadian regiments, including the Princess Louise Dragoon Guards, and the province of Alberta is named for her, as is Lake Louise and Mount Alberta. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at John Campbell, the fourth Governor General of Canada. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. 
As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Biography, Windsor Star, Wikipedia, Montreal Gazette, Ottawa Daily Citizen, Kentville Advance, Vancouver Daily News Advertiser, and the Montreal Star. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.